Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers different topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. My name is Ernesto, and today I'm absolutely excited to be welcoming our special guest today. His name is Michael at Witch Watch. Michael, how are you? Welcome. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm so excited because of the fact that I've been following you for so long and we're finally able to connect and learn so much more about you. And um, I've got tons of questions and I'm looking forward to getting started with these questions. But before we get started, what are you wearing on your wrist today? Uh, the classic wrist check to start us off. Um, Absolutely. I am wearing a an Atelier Wen oh. um, that uh, I got from a, I mean it's from Daniel it's from at Wonger Bonger and you know Daniel really well yes uh, but I just got it because I met up with Kelvin uh, Kelvin's Instagram is one free soul yes uh, the, the s is actually a number five but Kelvin was borrowing it and now it's my turn so I'm rocking this thing on the wrist it's gorgeous beautiful case like super it's the perfect size the blue dial is stunning um I think Jeremy at, at Timepiece Love has one one of these two in for mm-hmm. review. So yeah, man, that's what I'm wearing. What about you? I'll tell you what, that Atelier Wen, I love that dial because it's the one that's full blue, right? Full blue. I, I forgot I forgot the name of the model, but it is it is a gorgeous piece. And you've got that tied in with a beautiful blue leather strap as well, too. Gorgeous. Yeah. That's what it came on from from Daniel. So okay. I assume that's kind of one of the options when you purchase. Very nice. As for me, because I know you have one of these, I had to uh, pay homage to you. And and uh, I am actually wearing a Tudor Black Bay 58. Never heard of it. Yeah. It's it's kind of a new thing right now. <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, the, I love these watches. They're just, to me, they're such the perfect non-Rolex dive watch. Yeah. It's so funny though, because I, you know, I wear my black Bay 58, the blue one all the time and I'll be out and someone will be like, Hey, that's a cool watch. What is that? And I'll say, Oh, it's a tutor. And they, it's surprising the amount of people that don't know what a tutor is still. Right. I'm shocked actually. I'm like, you don't know tutor. They're like, no. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So it's, it, it's a great watch on the wrist. Sometimes you wish that when you're wearing a watch out, you're probably the same way. You're like, I hope someone notices my watch. Like, you know, (laughs) not that that's why you buy them, but you do, you hope that someone sees your watch and goes, Oh, that's a cool watch. Um, But it's like so rare that that happens. No, it's, it's so true. There are some times where I like to stay incognito, but you're right. There are times when you're like, eh, check out what I'm wearing. Dude, you have some sick watches though. So I, you might say you want to go incognito and I'm doing little, uh, you know, quote things with my hands for those listening, <laughs> but dude, your watches are not incognito. Your watches sing in a, in a good way. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But enough about me. Okay. Let's talk about you. You know, when I see your Instagram page, which if you guys aren't following him, I will definitely link him onto this. I mean, I think everybody knows who you are, but uh, I will definitely link your Instagram uh, address on here. But like when I look at your Instagram feed, I think of you as a photographer first. Listen, I know you're passionate about watches and you are one of those guys who I think you're very much in the community as far as watch community and engaging and all that stuff. And we can talk a little bit about that, but I really see you as a photographer, like you are in that craft and I, and I could be wrong, but, um, I love your photos. Thank you. 
No, I really do. But before we talk about your photography style and all that good stuff, as far as watches, how did you even get started with watches? Uh, dude, my watch story is so boring and so lame. <laughs> so it, it, it's like, I, I wish I was a good guest for you in the sense I'm, I'm the worst guest possible. So I, I got started like so many other basic bros out there. I was watching a ton of, uh, you know, the urban gentry, uh, videos sure, on sure. YouTube and was like, I need an SKX 007. It has to happen. So, and I, and I went and bought one, uh, on long Island watches. Yeah. Um, and I still have it. I freaking love that watch, man. I, I will never get rid of it. Plus the sentimental value. It was like the first, you know, uh, automatic Seiko I ever bought, but, um, yeah, that's it. And, and I just went down that rabbit hole, like all of us. Um, I, I would say though, the next, the next thing after it, cause it, it is a rabbit hole, right. And it's like a SKX is the gateway drug for a lot of yes. people. And then you start moving on to the harder stuff, the, the sure. uh, more intense drugs. So I, um, <laughs> then I got a SARB 033. Okay. <laughs> cause once again, it was like, I gotta get, you know, that's kind of a basic next watch to get, but I love that watch too. But my next kind of thing that got me going in a different direction is I got a notice. Okay. Um, and I, have you ever owned a notice or handled one in the middle? No, I've not handled one in the middle. I know that you have one. And then also, um, Daniel has one too. Yeah. He really, he really loves great brand based out of LA, such cool guys. And like, I kind of, that was what really catapulted me down a, a micro brand path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe they don't like to be called a micro brand. I don't think anyone cares anymore, but that was, that was really cool. And I remember when I started putting that watch, that notice retrospect is the model on Instagram, nice. my Instagram kind of flavor totally changed. I started getting people following me that were, you know, part of the worn and wound crowd and, you know, okay. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, there's, that's the boring answer to your question right there. That's awesome. So the SKX, I'm curious, is it the 009 or is it the 007? 007. Which one was it? Okay. So the black one, the classic black one. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it, it, it is such a gateway watch. So many people ended up getting that first. <laughs> uh, I remember getting that as well. Also from Long Island watches. Nice. So, yeah. So, but I, but not the 007. It was actually the 009. So how long have you been collecting watches for? I think only like three years. Okay. And I, and I had watches before, like probably like most people, right? I mean, I always had, you know, some fossils and some, you know, whatever. And then I had watches when I was a kid. I did have Seikos when I was a kid, right? So it's never like I wasn't into watches, but I didn't take it seriously like I do now. So the, over the past three years, you're, yeah. you're, yeah, focus has been really more into the watches. That's cool. And it's so like, how would you... It's like, sorry, real quick. No, you, I see you have a bicycle behind you, right? A road bike. Yes. So for me, I find that I go from like dangerous hobby to dangerous hobby to... Da- it's. I think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I was obsessed with road bike, road cycling. Okay. I had multiple, you know, carbon frame bikes. And I was a big Cannondale guy. And then I also got some cool custom bikes. Um, and, and then I sold those and it was like, well, now I need a new expensive hobby. Um, <laughs> so yeah, man, it's like, I'm always just trying to throw my money away on something. Well, you know, I've also heard the theory about a collector gene, right? So whether it's, you started off as a kid with baseball cards and you end up moving into vintage 
mm-hmm. cars and as you get older, I think that there's just that some people have that collector's gene and we'll blame it on that. How's that? That's that sounds fun. Can we tell my wife that please? Absolutely. And that way it's a biological thing. It has nothing to do with the environment. It's not my fault. It's not your fault at all. <laughs> so how so how would you describe yourself as a collector? And and then part B to that, how would you describe your collection? Mm. I mean, I'm still figuring it out, right? Because I haven't been doing this for very long. And you buy some watches and you quickly realize, whoa, this is not for me, uh, which is nice to, to actually discover that. So my collect, like, I like tool watches. I like things that I can kind of beat up and not be super scared of. Mm-hmm. Uh, watches that feel too precious. Um, watches that are frankly just over my my typical budget or price range kind of freak me out too still. Sure. So like the Tudor Black Bay, so for me, that's an expensive watch, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm even like careful with that thing. Um, sure, sure. So I might be in the minority compared to a lot of people that are like that. That's their beater, not for me. Um, but yeah, I like, I like black, simple, no day tool watches that I can kind of feel good wearing on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's what gravitated me towards your Instagram feed because of the fact you and I have a lot of similarities. Listen, anybody who plonks down three to $4,000 on a watch, that's still a sizable amount of money, no matter how you look at it, right? For a watch, Um, especially when you can get other watches for significantly less. So there is definitely value to that. Um, I, similarly to you, I like those robust watches, the watches that you can kind of beat up a little bit and they're tool watches. You start getting into the grails and people start talking about, you know, triple chronographs and this, that, and the other, and these gold things and they're precious. And all of a sudden you're looking at five, six figures. And I'm like, Whoa, yeah. even if I was like Powerball money rich, I don't even know if that would be in my collection. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, I I think about that a lot too. I think we've all been in bed, lying awake, staring at the ceiling, thinking, God, if I won the lotto, the Powerball, what would I buy? Watch watch. Yeah. Um, I still think I would just buy up a few, uh, modest watches, (laughs) you know? Yeah. No, I, I get it. I think that uh, I was in a conversation not too long ago where they asked me like the same question, what would your grail be? And look, I'm a huge fan of dive watches and I so happen to like Submariners. And, you know, if I ended up getting a gold one with the blue dial and blue bezel, I'm good. Yeah, I can tap out. And it's something that theoretically you can wear every day. Mm. So how do you describe yourself as a collector and your collection? Well, I mean, I would just say... The, the other part of your question is I'm looking for watches that are, it's weird. I'm looking for watches that are timeless, but also quirky. Okay. And speak to my personality. Right. So like the, the Nomos Metro with the power reserve, if anyone knows it, the white dial one with that funky, weird little power reserve thing. And that, that's a, a grail watch for me. That's a dream watch. And it's not the most expensive watch out there, but it's just, it's, it's funky. It's fun. It's got the white dial and the little kind of light turquoise, light blue, and then the, the orangish reddish indices. It's just, it speaks to my personality, right? It's a little different. So that's how, I, when I'm looking for watches, I'm looking for something that, that does that. Um, 
and that could be all over the place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Um, I like the fact that you described it as quirky because I find when I read through comments and, and your comments, you're very witty. Hmm. I don't know about that, but thank you. Yeah, no, no, totally. So I get where you're like in the quirky, you like that quirky thing. So what type of watch or watch brand do you gravitate towards? I'd love to to learn a story about a brand and and, and feel a connection with them and the people behind it or mm-hmm. a connection to the history of the piece. I think we're all looking for that. We're, it's like, yeah, I'm going to spend money. I know that. But God, I want to feel something when I look down at my watch, like an emotional connection. And yes. so much of that is the brand and the story. So, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if you've seen, I've got this micro brand uh, called Vero and it's the, the watch is the open water. And it's got this like uh, this mint green dial. Yes. And I got to meet the the owner of that company. He did a uh, watch meetup for us in Seattle for our red bar group in Seattle. And he brought a bunch of the watches and we're testing that and everything. And the dial color is specifically matched to this color of this famous bridge, the St. John's bridge in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And it's like, that is so cool, man. See, that's, and normally you're like, why did you buy a mint green dial watch? It's like, I don't know, but I love this story. <laughs> I loved meeting the owner and that's what'll do it for me right there. Yeah, that that's cool. I mean, and I think that's a, a lot about the watches, right? A watch in itself is just an inanimate object. That's all it is. And by having a story behind it or a meaning behind that watch, I think that's what kind of brings it to life. That's pretty cool. Yeah, good point. So do you end up, gravitating towards independent watches and micro brands, or do you go for like the mainstream? What does it matter to you? What are your thoughts? It totally does not matter at all. Right. So I'm not going to be one of those like micro brand snobs either, where I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy a Omega or a Tudor. Um, I just, once again, I want to like, I, I, I work with the limbic system of my brain a lot. And what I mean by that is like, I go with my gut so often uh, my wife actually kind of drives her crazy because she's like, explain why you made that decision. I'm like, I cannot put it into words. I just did it. <laughs> I went with my gut. And that's what I do with watches. Seriously, if like I see something and it just gives me kind of the tingles. Right. I'm like, all right, I need that watch. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a weird question then because you talked about tingles. If I was a watch, right? What do I need to be or what do I have to have in order for you to get those tingles? By the way, I love this question. If I was a watch and all of a sudden I was just like picturing you transforming. Yes. I got two hands. Mutating into a watch. <laughs> uh, what would you have to have? Um, God, you'd have to fit my dainty uh, little kid's wrist, first of all. All right. What um, size is your wrist since you brought it up? I mean, it's six and a half, so it's not that far off from a okay, lot of people, no. but- yeah, I think there's something about it too, where it's like watches just look huge on my wrist, um, very feminine wrist, which is fine. So yeah, it would have to like smaller the better is the okay. first thing. Um, How small would you go? Well, I just got my wife this awesome vintage Seamaster okay. that was in like spectacular shape and actually seems to be running okay so far. Knock on wood, um, and that's thirty six. Mm-hmm. I think that's good for me. I think okay. 36 is as small as I would go. Now, as far as that Seamaster that you got your wife, is it the one, is it like the gold plate or gold filled with the date on there? What is that? 
What does that look like? It does have a date. It's um, it's not quite gold. No, it's it's more of a silver. It's just your okay. classic like steel Seamaster. There was a million of them. It was probably owned by. So it's so funny, real quick. So I get her this watch, and she's not a huge watch person, but she's super into this watch, and. Um, and I, I was like, Hey, it's from 1963. It's in really good shape. I got it from a guy in Scottsdale, uh, shout out to at cactus timepieces. Um, that guy sells some really cool vintage watches in Scottsdale, Arizona. So it, and then she goes 1963, huh? And this was a men's watch back then. I was like, yeah, totally. And she's like, it was probably owned by like, like someone from mad men, like that kind of, you know, that kind of guy who was like a creepy misogynist maybe who like drank right. a lot and i was exactly. like okay always wearing a suit <laughs> okay that's where you went i guess <laughs> yes honey it was probably owned by a creepy misogynist uh in the yes. 60s sorry um anyway i just thought that was funny i thought you were gonna say a creepy massage therapist and i was like whoa this took a turn <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no that that's funny you know i i have a 36 millimeter watch as well. And I think that's the smallest I would go. My wrist size is about a seven. Mm. And I think 36, I'm comfortable with anything smaller. I probably would not be comfortable with. I'm jealous of your wrist size though, at the end of the day, because, uh, that, that white dialed Omega Seamaster, the new one, the Seamaster oh, yeah. professional with the white dial with the waves kind of cut Beautiful. into it. Everyone's got it these days. Bark and Jack kind of is, has made it right. super popular. I think, um, I'm obsessed with that watch. And yet when I try it on, it's a little Cause it's what a 42, 42 and a half, something like that. Something like no, that. No, it's a beautiful diver. I've never had anybody say they've been jealous of my wrist. I don't know how to take that, but thank you. Well, the, there's a first for everything. Appreciate that. No, that's cool. Um, so is there anything on your short list other than maybe that Omega? Um, no, I mean, you know, on watch recon, I have my alerts okay. set up, of course. Um, and I'm always searching for, you know, there's a few things I'm searching. I'm always searching for a sin three, five, six with the, uh, with the acrylic, um, uh, crystal, um, team plex hashtag team plexi. Um, I'm always searching for that nomos Metro with the power reserve. Um, you know, I'll look, if there's a good deal on one of those white Omega Seamasters mm -hmm. 300s, I, I'll, I might pull the trigger on it and just like wear a big clunky watch for a while. Um, so yeah. Oh, and then I'm always looking for a, a good deal on a Laurier. If you, I'm, do you know I'm that I'm familiar brand? with it. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love everything they make. Um, and I should probably just buy one new, but, um, I like to buy used. So yeah, those are my main things that I have alerts. That's for. awesome. By the way, I'm drinking an iced coffee. So if it kind of, you hear rattling in the microphone, I apologize. I'm drinking an iced coffee as well. Nice. And I'm actually drinking it in this old Pike's Place mug that I got back in the day, many, many, many years ago. They didn't even make this mug anymore, but it's from Starbucks. First one. First Starbucks. Dude, I love that. Just because you're on the show. I was going to say, that's very appropriate for me here being, uh, for those who don't know, I'm in Seattle, Washington. So One of my favorite cities out there in the West Coast. Such a cool city. Nice vibe. Oh, yeah, and hands down. Food's amazing. Hands down. All that good stuff. Michael, your photography, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, to me is amazing. Like, I wanted to see if we could spend a little bit of time talking about your photography. So how how long have you been interested in photography, cameras, pictures, and all that stuff? First of all, thank you. My I think my photography is super basic, and I'm not trying to be self-deprecating or anything. Um, 
but all I do literally is like, I put my watch down on something. I'll like slam the F stop. So it's super blurry in the background and then I'll take a picture. Right. Um, now I do some stuff in editing and Lightroom that I think makes it look a little cooler, but, but yeah, my, my photography, I'm glad you like it. It's, it's kind of like the laziest of kind of photography you could ever do. But, um, I, in high school, I was, uh, always a photographer. My dad was big into photography and so was my brother. And we had a photography club where we would like go out and take pictures and then go on trips. And it was very organized actually. And I was the president of that photo club, total <laughs> dork. Right. Uh, but I was huge into photography. And then I, now this was back when you actually took, uh, pictures and with film and then you developed it in a dark yes. room and everything. What's that? So that's how old I am. <laughs> What's that like? Um, and, uh, and then I, when I first went into college, my major was photography for about a semester, half a semester or a quarter or something. And I was like, eh, no, I'm not into this. Gotcha. I changed it. Right. So I guess I have, I do like photography. I've been into it, but then for years and years and years and years, all I did was iPhone stuff. I, I got onto Instagram because like everyone, I, I started to share some watch pictures on my, on my personal Instagram page. And my friends were like, what are you doing? You're a dork. Like quit sharing your watch. So I was like, I need to find a community of like people that care about how cool right. this thing is. Right. And so I created my witch watch page. Um, and then did, you know, iPhone photos for a while and, and they were okay. They were just like wrist shots and stuff like that, which is fine. But then, um, do you know the podcast 40 and 20? Yes. The, yeah. So, um, I'm one of their Patreon members and those guys are awesome. And I was like, we have a Slack channel where if you're a Patreon member, you can kind of like chat with them all day. And, and I had reached out and I was like, I think I want to get a DSLR camera, but I don't want to spend a ton of money. What should I do? And, um, Everett, one of the guys on there was like, get a, a cheap Canon, like a, like a T6 or something like that. Uh, get a nifty 50, a 50 millimeter prime lens. And that's it. You'll be good. Then you can take a cool blurry background photo and everyone will like you. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So I found, I found a good deal on one on eBay ex YouTuber that was like getting rid of his stuff and was selling his Canon and some lenses. So that's it, man. It's a, it's, I've only been doing the, the DSLR stuff for, I don't know. I think it started during COVID. Oh, okay. So very recently. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden my photos have gotten better for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't suck as bad anymore. See, I need to take I need to take your tip because oftentimes I would say 90% of the time I'm using like my iPhone. And granted, I've moved up to the iPhone 13 Pro now. But like still <laughs> I had I to want that thing. I had I to. That. I was still on a 10 for the longest time. And so <laughs> and so I felt like I need to make that change. But like I've talked to so many people in our watch community from like Trish and other people, and they're like, you know, just lug your camera around more often. And so I'm trying to make a conscious effort to do that. So are you still, are you still running and gunning with that Canon or are you doing a different DSLR at this point? No, I, I, I'm still rocking that Canon and it kind of sucks to be awesome. To be honest, it's kind of a crappy camera, but um, for me, it's like, I've realized how it's got a lot of short shortcomings. So I do need something better and newer. I was talking with Kelvin and, and, um, Daniel at speedy, not Daniel Wonkerbunker, but at speedy DD. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know, Daniel, 
um, based out of Austin, Texas, good dude. Mm -hmm. But you know, like, what do I get next? You know, should I go Sony, Fuji, all that? But it's just, dude, it's daunting. And it's so, there's so much out there. And I kind of just want someone to tell me what to buy next and I'll go buy it. So what are those guys telling you? I'm curious, like just for our listeners too, like what are, what's your thought process with potentially your next camera? Well, see, I don't know. It's all too, it's all too like overwhelming for me and I'm not that smart. So that's part of the problem too, is like, I'm not one of these people that's super into reading all the features and benefits and, and comparing and listing things next to each other and then creating a spreadsheet. And then like, I've just, yeah, I'm a simple minded person. I'm just like, I like that one, you know? But, but they're, they're telling me, the point is, Ernesto, they're telling me like mirrorless or not mirrorless, crop sensor or not, you know, right. this versus that. It's like, ugh. There are so many different options. And so yeah. I was shooting a long time ago with like the Nikon old, like the 3000 series, nothing crazy. And I went through that whole research phase and kind of picking up stuff. And I, I have a Fuji today. I use a Fuji film um, X100F and basically it's one focal length. That's it. And so that's what I'm using for the most, for most of my shots that I do with, uh, watches, mm. but I just need to bring it more often and practice more with it and get better with it and maybe do a little bit more bokeh like you're doing with the, uh, plonk shots. What's the lowest F-stop that that lens will go to on your Fuji? So the lowest it'll go is two. Beautiful. Yeah. It's it right here. Oh, that's that that's a nice looking camera. That looks expensive. Um, I think you can get them used now. It's a lot less because they have the newer version as well, too. So this is kind of an older version. You can probably find it for not too bad. And is that like a 35 millimeter lens or what is that? It's cropped. So it's twenty three and a half. I believe which okay. becomes the equivalent to a 35 millimeter. 35 ish. Yeah. 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 So, so then dude, you just, you have a great wrist shot camera right there, you know, where you can do great looking wristies with some bu- with blurry background and make it look dreamy. I just need to carry it with me. Everywhere you need to I carry go. it. Bro. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the deal. So when you're taking your shots, is there a mindset? Is there some kind of a process that you go through? Yeah. I'm usually looking for. Uh, a, a colorful, interesting background that when it is all blurred out, it's going to look cool. Um, I'm looking for some stuff like in the foreground and the background. So, and then the watch in the middle, so that it's kind of visually interesting. Nice. I'm looking for colors that are going to pop next to the color of the watch or colors that are going to really blend in. So it's super monochromatic. I'm, I'm just kind of usually trying to find a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll do, so, so I actually have a, a softbox light too at home. So, I mean, I'll do some not natural outdoor photography too with a light. And then those, I'm usually looking to do something just kind of goofy. Like I remember there was this big trend where people were putting their watch on or next to like a bottle of really fancy scotch or right. like really nice quality bourbon or really nice bottle of wine or bubbles. And they were like, it's this whole like, luxury lifestyle of the nice watch and and i was like oh so i i had a box of costco wine kirkland signature brand wine but it was in a box yes so i set up my watch in the in the costco wine next to each other and i was like so i'm usually trying to do something that's kind of funny or quirky 
Um, I also have this um, little eraser in the form of a black cat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's become like a little mascot that so that black cat eraser will find its way into some of my photos, you know, in the background. So I don't know, man, I don't know how to answer your question totally, but I'm just usually trying to be a little goofy. And and you are quite whimsical and creative too, because I know some of the guys, I know I've had a conversation with Jeremy and Daniel recently, that's Jeremy at timepiece love and, and Daniel at wonger.bonger. We've had conversations about how amazing your bathroom shots are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so dig those I like those. Dude, I started getting tagged in other bathroom shots too. Yeah. So, um, so people will be like, I was in the bathroom and the lighting was really good. And then I'll get tagged in them. I'm like, okay, bathroom stu- hashtag bathroom studio is taken off. That's it. And then, you know, it's amazing the loom shots that you can get in the bathroom too, because oftentimes it could be a little bit darker in there too, right? Well, I live in a small place. And so I'm always looking for, uh, I'm always looking for spots to take loom shots that are darker. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Do you know Mike Razak? Um, at uh at mike scott watches no i do not he he writes for like um watch clicker and time bomb and so he does some really great reviews so mike mike was the one that kind of taught me about the bathroom shot he (laughs) he showed me some uh behind the scenes pictures where he had set up like um you know like a draped some like cloth and stuff around on his actual toilet and toilet seat that's funny. And then had set up a little vignette and then taken this picture and you see that you see the actual picture itself. And you're like, Oh my God, that's beautiful. It looks like it was taken in a studio. And then you zoom out and it's in his toilet. It's fantastic. <laughs> so um, yeah. I'm going to have to check him out. We'll definitely uh, link him in. We'll definitely tag him into this. Uh, yeah, Cool guy. Yeah. Awesome. Michael, one thing with regards to photography, if there was one tip you can give our listeners what would that be? It's like so much, and, and I'm not the first person to say this, but it's so much about lighting. And I think specifically with watches too, watches are tough to photograph. And so you'll see like someone just kind of puts their watch down on a flat surface and then takes a picture of it. So I would just say like, think a little bit more about like what's in the foreground, you know, in front of the watch, what's in the background behind the watch, what's the angle that you're taking it at is there a bunch of flecto on the dial? So that it's hard to even see the dial. Mm. So this is kind of a cheesy little trick of the trade, but what I do is I have a, uh, a black piece of cardboard. Okay. That I will hold and kind of hold over and get just to get the perfect flecto and it's, it's rounded, right? So it is it, nice for a dial because you can get a rounded flecto. And so people, a lot of times will like, look at a shot and they'll be like, God, the flecto is perfect. And it's like, well, it doesn't naturally do that. Like sometimes you need to hold up a piece of cardboard over it or something, you know? Nice. So just little things like that. Very cool. That's a great tip, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate that. You look stupid when you're doing it, but whatever, the picture's awesome. Let them think what they want to think. It's all about the picture at the end of the game. Exactly. No, that's great. By the way, real quick, I also carry that piece of cardboard around with me when I'm out taking these pictures outside in my neighborhood. Yeah. So I mean, people must just be like this guy again, like, what is he? He's squatting in the bushes, right? Putting his watch down and he's got this like, yeah. Anyway, it must look ridiculous. I'm just curious. How big is this piece of cardboard? Uh, it's not huge. It's like 11 by 12 ish. 
Okay. But it, it's big enough that it's like, you, you would notice it. It's big enough that people are going, what is he doing with that cardboard? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So who inspires you? In, in what way? Inspires you with regards to either photography or watches. Like when you, in this community with Instagram, like who do you get inspired by? Oh God, there's so many, dude. Like seriously, I mean, I'm, um, it, it depends. How much time do we have right now? We've got a lot of time. <laughs> I, it's like, I'm inspired by, uh, and I'll just throw out some names. And if people don't know who these are, hopefully they can look them up. But I, um, at Henderson Horology or Henderson's Horology, Ryan, he inspires me because of how like selfless he is. And he's always, um, he does this thing on the weekends where he'll, he'll say like, recommend your top account under a thousand followers and he'll share it out. And, and those people then gain a lot of followers, right? Through his reach. Um, so that's really cool. Um, Jeremy at Timepiece Love. I love Jeremy will actually sit and write thoughtful comments on all these people's photos. And, and he could easily just, you know, say like smiley face, smiley face, smiley face and move on. But he actually sits and thinks about it and writes it out. I don't even know how he has the time to do it. It's amazing. I think Jeremy has um, found the 25th hour in the day. I think that's his secret. Man. So his wife's probably like, what are you doing? Are you still on Instagram? <laughs> He's like, yes, honey. Um, and like, obviously everyone, everyone, when you ask this question, will say in terms of photography, Trish, right? Oh yeah. At, at watch girl life. Is there anyone that takes more amazing and whimsical shots? No, she's so cool. She is so talented. I, I know that I've tagged if she, you know, if she's taking a photo of an Omega, for example, or one of her Rolexes, I end up tagging rolex or omega or whoever the watch is from and just like you know guys you need to pay attention to this lady because she's an amazing photographer they should be using her shots basically yeah, or ask seriously. her to use her shots she's amazing yeah a couple more real quick sure just, absolutely because you asked yeah, and, yeah. and i've actually I, this is actually a really easy question for me to answer because i think about this a lot um at joey underscore cool mm -hmm. he's the one that invented the hashtag lazily plonked and if anyone doesn't know it's just like you you set your watch down you plonk your watch down you take a, a lazy shot he invented that um so that's an inspiration that's awesome <laughs> and um and then you know there's uh verani virani's mansion um do you know her and no, she's like the no. queen of the pun she, okay. she'll make like these amazing pun jokes on everyone's social comment on people's pictures with just like really funny, dumb puns. So you got to love that. Nice. Um, watches in nature. Mm -hmm. um, Steven that I just love how kind and thoughtful he is. And um, I think he works in the healthcare industry too. And he just, he takes these amazing outdoor shots with beautiful backgrounds. And that's really inspiring. Uh Oh, one, I'd like, uh, at Seiko junkie. Okay. Um, that's Brando. He, I love one time I posted a picture of myself, uh, kind of a selfie with the camera and he like photoshopped a fedora on me and put like <laughs> sepia tone on it. And then I did a photo with like a little coffee bean guy next to my watch, mm -hmm. um, just being dumb again, but he created a whole new Instagram page just for that little bean. Oh, wow. Um, it's called Michael Dunford's coffee bean or something like that. And, you know, obviously he, I don't think he posts on it much, but, and it's the little things like that. I'm really, the, this watch fam community on Instagram has become super important during COVID. 
um, bringing us all together and giving us something to to be distracted by. Well said, my friend. It's so it's been an it's nice to have that type of community and support from that community during tough times, right? I mean, like COVID is a serious time and this pandemic has been serious for a lot of people. And I think there are some countries that are still in lockdown and uh, we kind of sometimes take it for granted out here in the U.S. And so it's been nice to have this virtual community to kind of connect with different people. So, and thank you for being a part of it because you, I look forward to seeing your shots. I look forward to, you know, commenting and bantering with you on Instagram. It's, it's been awesome. Thanks man. Likewise. Thank you. So I know that over in the Pacific coast, you guys have a red bar group. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that community? Cause I kind of wanted to highlight your involvement with that and what you guys are doing out there. Well, I think it's becoming red bar again now after taking a hiatus. I used to go to some of the stuff before COVID and it was cool. Really good group of guys, um, you know, and then COVID happened and obviously no one's meeting up. Right. Um, so the only credit I can take for anything that we're doing now, and then I've kind of actually, um, I mean, it's taken on a whole life of its own, but the vaccine was about to come out. Everyone was starting to feel more comfortable here in Seattle And so I just reached out to a bunch of people that I knew were Seattle based, not red bar, but just like, Hey, let's go out and let's get drinks and let's look at each other's watches. Like, like nerds. Right. Mm -hmm. It's been too long. And then that, that was like 10 or 12 people. And then all of a sudden we started a WhatsApp chat. And then all of a sudden, you know, it became 30 people and 40 people. I mean, it's really grown and we've had a bunch of meetups and they've just been fantastic. Um, and now the, the group has just become serious enough that they're like, we want to become Red Bar again. Uh, we want to make this official. And so we've done a whole sign-up page. And, and so now we're, we're Red Bar Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like that it started kind of organically rising out of the ashes of COVID. Just a bunch of people saying, let's do this again, right? So I, was, I, was, I, feel, I feel kind of nice that I was maybe one of the first per- people that, that started that up. Um, Another was uh, a guy. Oh, I got to do a shout out to two people real quick. Sorry. Absolutely. No, no. Go one ahead. is um, Max. Uh, his Instagram is at Hot Ones and Hot is H-A-U-T-E. So it's instead of Hot Ones, it's Hot Ones. Okay. He has a YouTube channel, Hot Ones. That is his videos are amazing. And he's based out of here. He actually lives like a mile from me. Um, so Max was one of the original people too, that really was like pushing this to happen. And then um, Matt, uh, Matthew Zinsky, Matt's famous right now because he's launching his own watch line called Tipsim Watches. Okay. T-Y-P-S-I-M, Tipsim. Dude, you have to look up these watches. They are fantastic. So he's doing his Kickstarter right now based out of Seattle and he's sending them all across the country. People are reviewing them right now and everyone seems to love this watch. Um, so yeah, we've got this like real kind of interesting little group here in the Pacific Northwest. That's fantastic. So one thing that I will commit to is all of these people that you mentioned, I will tag them all and I will make (laughs) sure to link all of their information on this episode and they can find everybody can, all of our listeners can find it on uh, www.bezelbanter.com. So we'll we'll have that in there. Definitely. So Michael, are you working on any projects uh, watch related or not watch related projects? 
Not really. I mean, not to be boring, but no, I, I, I think for me, um, I, I've thought about it, for example, like it's so cool that at watch studies, um, you know, did his, his sweatshirt and then he's just, I love his tutorial videos and, and the stuff he does, uh, to help. But I mean, so you asked, Hey, do you have any advice on photography? Like that guy's got the most amazing advice. Um, and he really Jeremy, does. Yeah. Jeremy just came out with his t-shirt, which I just got in the mail. I'm stoked to try it on, um, and wear it. So yeah, I've thought about, would it be cool to do something? And, and since I am a creative type, you know, I, I could find something, but no, right now I'm just boring. Nothing. <laughs> I, I, I do not find you boring at all, but if there are things you are going to be working on in the future, please keep us posted. We definitely want to follow your journey with some of those projects. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, I did, I did get my, uh, timepiece love shirt as well too last night. Nice. Nice. Cool. Sure. Right. I mean like the material and everything nice, nice quality material. Yeah. I'm stoked. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I just, um, I, I really appreciate the chance to, to talk because in my head, everyone knows this about me. Like I, I was, when you reached out to me, you were like, oh, I want to have you on the podcast. And I'm thinking, why? <laughs> you know, Like, I don't know. A, I, I don't know a ton about watches. I'm not like one of those guys that knows or, or, or women that know every reference number and all the history and like the, the different movements and what they do. I, I just kind of like the object itself. I like to learn the stories about the brands and I like to photo photograph them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to try to have fun and interact with the, the community. That's to me, that's my favorite part is like commenting on people's stuff and then sending little side messages. And all of a sudden you become really friendly with some of these total strangers from across the globe right. that you normally never would have interacted with. So, um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on though. It's been, it's been fun. You are so welcome. And thank you for saying yes, because those are the reasons that got me interested in you and your Instagram feed. It's just, I'm not super technical either, but your engagement with the watch community and your contributions to the watch community and your photography. I mean, they're amazing, really caught my eye. And I'm so grateful that we had this opportunity to connect today uh, on bezel banter. I think one thing that I'd like to do is maybe have you as a guest in the future and maybe a couple others. I, I know I recently did a Q and a, and I had um, Jeremy and also Daniel answer. Maybe we can do something like that. Or maybe we can just kind of talk about watches. I know that uh, I'm trying to see if I can get Kelvin uh, on the show as well too. And so maybe we can have both of you guys, a bunch of Pacific coasters. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Kelvin, Kelvin lives really close to, to me here in Seattle and at, at one free soul again. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the two of us, maybe someone else, if it makes sense, but we could kind of dive into what, what's going on in the Pacific Northwest in terms of watch community. That could be fun. I love that. That would, that would be great. I, I would totally be into it. Um, well, again, Michael, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. How, how would people get a hold of you if they need to DM you or want to reach out to you and maybe get tips on how to do plunk shot watches? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I doubt anyone will want to reach out to me, but if they did, it's, um, it's at which watch spelled really stupidly. It's, um, you'll see it in the show notes, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Drop me a line and say, hi, I'm, 
always down to uh, make a new friend. That's awesome. Thank you again so much. I appreciate it. Guys, this is where we're going to wrap up. I thank you all for uh, listening and spending time with us on Bezel Banter. Please hit the show notes for more details and links. You can follow us on Instagram. I'm at Ernesto Guapo 72, and you can follow the show at Bezel Banter Media. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. Please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcasts because they truly help us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you. Peace.